You're listening to episode 12 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. How sweet would it be to start going for your dreams and have all the people you love in your corner right from the beginning? We already face enough obstacles in taking the unconventional path of entrepreneurship. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to fight for support or if we didn't have to feel judged along the way? So in the spirit of Valentine's Day, if you're catching this live, it's Valentine's week, I figured we could dive into the sometimes really tough discussion of how to get your spouse or your loved ones to support you when you're taking that super scary leap of faith into solo business ventures and what you can do to feel more empowered to succeed, even when the world might tell you otherwise. I'm giving you tangible tips, some new ways of thinking, and I'm going to help you rewrite the script on this one. It feels so good to be back in my little podcast studio recording since having our baby. I am so happy to share that we had a beautiful, healthy, thank God, baby girl, and I'm back to recording again, and I missed it. And so you might hear the sweet little grunts or cries of a newborn, and I'll be jumping in and out of recording and pausing because that's just how it goes when you've got a new one in tow. And next week on the podcast, I'm actually going to be sharing her birth story because so many of you have asked and inquired about how it went, what it looked like, more about this new baby girl that's joined our family and made us officially a family of five. But this week for Valentine's week, we are focusing on a topic that so many of my clients really struggle with. And I have to tell you, this was one of my biggest roadblocks when I started in entrepreneurship. I've gotten to work alongside some of the most impressive business owners and entrepreneurs over the last handful of years. I've worked alongside them. I've coached them. I've been coached by them. And a common theme among all of them, not some of them, all of them, is that at some point, some of the people they love didn't blindly support their mission. And it really hurt them. And it didn't matter how successful they were or what they were building or what their dream was. At some point, they experienced that hardship and it really stung. I've certainly experienced it myself. And it's as though we want their support and approval so badly that we want them to believe in us even more than we believe in ourselves. So what can we do about it? How can we, quote, get our spouses, our significant others, our friends and family to jump on the bandwagon with us and cheer us on every step of the way? So first, I think what we have to look at is why they don't. Why is it that sometimes when we start something new, when we blaze a new path for ourselves, we find that we encounter pushback, we encounter judgment, we encounter naysayers, even from the people who have supported us our whole lives. All of a sudden, they're having a really hard time being in full support of this. So I think there are a lot of different reasons that that our loved ones might be scared to even take a backseat on this one. The first reason is 
they might be genuinely coming from a place of concern and love, and they are scared of the risk or the perceived risk that you might be taking. Let's say you're leaving your full-time job that maybe your parents view as safer and more predictable, or you're starting to plan how to build this business that's going to cost a lot of money or investment or bring people on board to invest. There might be risk, and the people that truly do love you might be coming from a place of genuine concern. So that's something to consider. It doesn't mean you should throw in the towel. It doesn't mean they're right. But it also doesn't mean that they don't support you universally. They might just be scared for you. So this is where you kind of have to filter out the good from the bad because that's not necessarily a bad thing. And it might just require some open lines of communication. And I'll walk you through some different things that you can do to help in that particular scenario. They also might not understand what you're doing. They might not know and fully embrace your mission. And they might not know why you're doing it. You know, they might see it as either risky or unnecessary or like you're rocking the boat. And they might just not get it. They maybe aren't exposed to this entrepreneurial space that you're jumping into or they haven't had experience there. So there's just a lack of understanding. And that too isn't always coming from a negative space. It could just be, again, a scary space for the people that love you. And when you're starting something on your own, when you're building something from the ground up versus coming into an established company that's going to pay you a salary and give you the benefits and be that conventional path that the people in your life are used to or wanted for you, there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with it. That path least traveled, it hasn't been traveled a lot. It, it's not something that there's always this perfect plan laid out for you. And the what ifs and the preconceived notions, they trip people up. And it can be really scary for them. It can, the unknown can be this world that people want to avoid. And before you pass judgment on the people that you feel like are passing judgment on you. Remember, everybody's different. This path might be the perfect thing for you. Every challenge that you're about to face, you are strong enough for it. You can rise up through it. You can face it head on and you can come out on top. But maybe the people that are having trouble stomaching it, it's not the right thing for them. And it makes them uneasy. And they're projecting that onto you. So you have to be able to compartmentalize a little bit and truthfully grow a thicker skin. And that was one thing that almost seven years ago when I started my business, I was so excited about the prospect of potentially getting out of my nine to five grind and building this thing on the side until it got to a place where it could support me. And I was passionate about my mission and I had a vision for where I wanted to take it and all those incredible things. And I remember the first few times that the people close to me, I'm not talking about like the haters on social media and the trolls that have opinions that really don't matter. And we'll talk about them too. But the people I love, like the people who have been in my corner my entire life, were pushing back. And it was truthfully shocking to me at first. It was like this, wait a minute, you supported me when I was an athlete. You supported me when I went through really tough times. You supported me 
through college and when I was trying to get my career started. And now all of a sudden I have something that I'm actually really excited about and you're not supporting me. And it was just, I took it all emotionally. I didn't look at the reasons why. I didn't ask the reasons why. And there was this friction between me and some of the people that I really love. And I realize now in retrospect that some of those people fell into those first few categories of not understanding it or being worried about the uncertainty that comes with a path that's way less conventional and isn't as mapped out. Or they were scared of that risk for me and they wanted me to live a fulfilled and happy life, but they didn't want me to do it at the risk of totally failing or losing a lot of money or anything that could could come with entrepreneurship. So it really bruised my ego and it really hurt me. But as time went on, I started to see people fall into different categories. And, you know, it it was clear to me that like people like my parents, it really was about that fear of the risk. You know, they were, they didn't fully understand it and they just wanted to, to feel it out first. But then there were other people in my life that I thought were my people. And I realized that they fell into some other categories. And it was a really hard pill to swallow. And a lot has changed over the last seven years for me as far as what relationships I nurture and what relationships I simply don't anymore because of the negative energy that comes with them. And this is a tough piece of entrepreneurship because there are people in our life that we do love and that have been in our lives for a really long time. But maybe it's not that it's time to cut the cord or anything dramatic, but it's important to know where people stand on different things and how you can move forward with or without them, because this is your vision. This is your dream. So for the people who don't quite fall into the scared, truly genuinely scared for you category, there is this group of people, and they're usually like distant friends, friends on the fray, whatever you want to call them, like kind of mediocre friendships, not like the deep-rooted ones in family or long-term friendships. They're afraid of being bypassed by you. There is a group of people in your life that is envious of your courage. You're taking a leap that they wish they were taking. They don't even know that that's the emotion they're feeling. But they're not supporting you because if you make this happen, if you go for this, if you start living your dream and they don't, that's going to be really hard for them. It's going to be hard not because they don't want you to succeed. It's going to be hard because it will be a perpetual reminder of how they never went for it for themselves. That's a tough pill for them to swallow. And it's something that you have to be cognizant of because it's it's a reality. And truthfully, when it comes down to it, most importantly, there's a category that I want you to be aware of. And it's called, it doesn't matter. At some point, you can't make everyone else's thoughts your problem. Make sure that you're only giving clout to the people who fall into the first category, those genuine people who are truly concerned with your best interest, your well-being. They are the hold-your-rope people. And I will never forget being in my sixth grade gym class and the teacher pulled out this giant rope. We thought we were going to play tug-of-war. Little did I know that I would end that gym class in tears because she talked about this concept of holding the rope. So what is holding the rope? 
you have to imagine that you're hanging from the edge of a cliff with a drop of 20,000 feet. Like you fall, you're donezo. And the only thing between you and that fall to your death is a rope with the person of your choice on the other end. So you have to think of those people in your life that you know would have the guts to pull you to safety. They would take that risk with you. Who would hold that rope for you? Who do you know that is going to let that rope burn a hole into their hand because they are not willing to let go? Because they believe in you, they love you, they support you, and they want to pull you to safety. And how many people do you know in your life that would actually withstand that burning pain and watch blood drip from their hands for you? They are the ones that matter. They are the only ones that truly matter. And I remember ending that class completely in tears, looking around my sixth grade classroom of the girls and boys that I thought were my friends and thinking, oh my God, I don't think any of these people would hold the rope for me. And it was my first moment of realization of who in my life, a very small but mighty group, are my people. And I learned that lesson young and I've carried it with me my whole life. And it doesn't mean that there have not been some incredibly painful moments of realization of remembering this person wouldn't hold the rope for me. And it doesn't mean that they don't like you, that they don't even love you. But Rachel Hollis, she puts it best. She says, don't give people in the cheap seats a VIP opinion. The people who haven't invested in you, they don't deserve an opinion that's going to sway you emotionally, or sway your decisions, more importantly. So it's a fine balance of working through your own need for approval, your own need for likability. We're kind of in this space where everything's done for for likes or for comments or who supports you publicly and who recognizes you. But instead, I want you to be at peace with your mission, where you're going, why you're doing it, whether or not they're with you or not, where you know I am a freaking freight train moving towards my dreams. You're in or you're out. And once you adopt that truth, everything will change for you. You won't get caught up in those moments of one troll saying something negative to you on social media and your whole day is ruined. Or you share something and someone comes back with some response that's really negative and you waste your energy bickering with someone who really you don't even know you they don't matter to you so work through that need for approval and be at peace with who you are and where you're going and it's hard it doesn't ever take the sting out of the lack of support from someone you're looking for that support from but it means you can continue to move forward with or without it so the tough area spouses. I have clients all the time and say, same thing. How do I get my spouse or significant other, whatever, to support me? And it's different when it's your spouse. It's different when it's your husband or your wife, because you share funds. You have children together. You're living under the same roof. Hopefully you're working towards common family goals. God willing, you're in love and you're in it for the long haul. You're married. This is it. So I'd like to think they're holding the rope for you and vice versa. 
So what happens if it feels like they're not holding the rope in your entrepreneurial journey? And when my coaching clients get down about the lack of spousal support they're getting and ask that question, how do I get my spouse to support me? I give them all the same answer and they all hate it at first. And my answer is you don't. You don't get them to do anything. They're adults, as are you, but what you can do is control the controllable, take full ownership, and focus on what you can do better to give them a good reason to support your mission and work towards being the absolute best version of you along the way. So how can you do that and how will that start to shift the feeling in your marriage going from feeling either judged or a lack of support to someone who is behind you 100% or even better, beside you 100%. A lot of my clients, when I'm working with them, one of the first questions I ask them is I want to see their calendar. I want to get a good understanding of how they're working their business. And they can't figure out why I'm asking them that when they're trying to have this emotional conversation with me about how to get their spouse to support them. Because the truth is, I need to see how much they are actually showing up for their business and how they're doing it. One of the biggest problems I see is that people don't stay the course and they are not consistent. They're in and then they're out. They show up when it's convenient. And it's a lot easier to support someone who's all in on something. When you dip a toe in and then take it out and and times get hard, so you take a step back, but then you show back up because it's the new year and you have this new vision for your year, but then the new year kind of falls by the wayside and life gets crazy again and then the summer's coming, so you take a step out. Why in the world would someone take what you're doing seriously? This is a tough reality for people because in their heart, they think they're all in. Like they, they do some of the things and then they wonder why their person isn't totally on board with them. You have to first ask yourself, are you totally on board with your mission? Are you all in? Do you know that this is the only way and you will make it happen? Because until you get there, it's going to be very hard for your spouse to get there. And when your person sees that instead of sacrificing precious family time, or quality time with your loved one, that you're so invested in your mission, in your business, in your craft, that you're willing to wake up before your family or skip Netflix or not go out for drinks with your girlfriends to breathe life into that mission, that's where the respect starts to go up for what you're doing. It's going to be tough when they just see you on your phone, like when you're supposed to be movie night with your kids and, and your husband, but you're scrolling and you're answering messages and you're chalking it up to it working on your business and your mission. I get it. Those things can be important, but not more important than that time with your family. And as a spouse, I can tell you that I would not be supportive of my spouse building a business that completely took them away from being with us. Not without communication first, not without an understanding of why, how long that's it's going to be like that, and what they're working towards. This is your chance to really level up in what you're building and why you're doing it, and then bringing your spouse on board and showing them, hey, this is how much I believe in this, that 
I'm willing to get up at 4.30 in the morning to answer my emails so that I'm still present for our 6 a.m. cup of coffee that we've had together every single day for the last five years. I'm not going to sacrifice that. And I'm a strong believer. Again, you guys know how I define success. It's not how much money is necessarily coming in. It's the whole picture, the whole person. So it might take you, if you're going to go by that standard, a little bit longer to get to where you want to go. There are people who say, hey, for the next three years, I'm sacrificing everything to get to where I want to be so that we can live the life we want to live. That's fine. If that's your jam, that's not my jam. I'm not willing to miss three years of my kid's life or miss out on three precious years with my husband. So it might take me six years to do something that someone else could do in three. But you have to have your priorities and your standards set so that you can base your life and your business around that. And on that note, the next thing you you need to do, even if this is a side hustle for you, even if you work a full-time job, you're raising children, you're married, you have to keep hours. You have to have some structure in what you're doing. There's no one I know that would be cheering someone on from the sidelines as they scroll something on their phone, quote, for work as their spouse is trying to have a conversation with them. Are you present? in what you're doing, or are you on your phone or on your computer or running out to meetings or whatever it is, sacrificing that quality time. So setting up work hours and sharing them with your spouse is so, so important. Because if you sit down at the beginning of the month and you say, okay, babe, I've got these things coming down the pike and I want to make you aware of them. And I want you to know that um, I'm planning on setting up some business hours. What times would be preferable to you that I take little chunks of time to work on my dream. And you work on that together. I talk all the time about being able to be present in whatever it is you're doing. You don't want to be juggling the kids and trying to answer emails. You want to be able to answer those emails and then be with your kids. Especially if this is a side hustle in addition to a full-time job and in addition to parenting, you have to get really, really good at creating your schedule and sticking to it and communicating it to your spouse so that they know Saturday morning, mommy's not going to be around because that's when she's recording her podcast episodes. So dad's going to take the kids to the park for two hours. But then when he comes home with the kids, mom is totally freed up for the whole day and is 100% with us. She's not taking pictures for Instagram. She's not answering calls. She's not running off to a meeting because this is family time and she already did her work time. So keep those hours, respect those hours. And yeah, things change. Things come up. Obviously, there's flexibility, but at least you have a baseline. That segues perfectly into the concept of communicating. And it's funny how little married people communicate sometimes. It blows my mind. Like I will hear my clients say, my spouse doesn't support me. They think this, this, and this about me. They totally are judging what I'm doing. And I'll like ask, oh, did they say that? Well, no, but I can feel it. You have to keep the lines of communication open. If you want support from your spouse, you have to ask for it. You might just have to ask for what you want. Go figure. It's Valentine's week. So we can talk about Valentine's Day for a second. Do you ever run into that issue where you open up your Valentine's gift from your spouse and you're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Why didn't they get me those green strappy Jimmy Choo shoes with the little 
buds on the heel that look so cute that were in the window at that store we went by that one time, but I never said anything about it. Like you can't expect them to know exactly what you want if you don't say what you want. And I remember having this conversation with my now husband, who was, I don't, was he my fiance at the time? I don't think we were married yet. Pretty new into my business. And I was doing the grind. I was working full time. I was on my phone when I got home. I was on my email. I was creating content. And he finally was like, I don't like this. Like, I don't know what this is. Of course, the business wasn't really generating much income yet. So it wasn't like the fruits of my labor were showing up. It was just straight labor. And he couldn't understand it. And it was like, I want to be with you when I get home from work. And you're just not, you're physically here, but you're not mentally here. And we had to have a conversation where I I got way better at keeping those hours I talked about. But I also had to communicate my vision for this thing. Because if it was going to be like another five years of this, no income coming in, me sacrificing our quality time, there's no way he was jumping on board with that. But when I could tell him, listen, this is my plan. This is what I need to do to get it there. I want to build this into a six and eventually a seven-figure business. This is how I'm going to do it. And I started to peel back the layers of the onion and share with him why I was doing this, why this had been on my heart, what my ultimate goal was. I was going to be getting out of my full-time job so I would have more time. I set deadlines. I hadn't communicated any of that. He didn't even know why I was doing what I was doing. Was it just for money? Was it because I was trying to prove other people wrong? I had to share the goal. I had to share the plan to get to the goal. I had to tell him why I was doing it, why I felt called to it. And we talked very openly about that one-year plan, the three, five, ten-year plan, and what's in it for them. Not what's in it for them monetarily, but what's in it for them as far as your spouse. Like, okay, I'm going to give you this time. I'm going to support this mission. But what's guaranteeing that we will have a better marriage from it? We will have a better relationship from it because that's what, as a spouse, that's what I care about. You can give me all the money in the world. If I, if my marriage is broken, it means nothing. So what's in it for them from a relationship standpoint? And I wanted him to know that in following this calling on my heart, yeah, I had to get better at creating the hours and the structure and being more present, and figure out how to be an entrepreneur as I was also an intrapreneur working within a company, and a wife, and soon to be a mother, and all those different, like I had to figure out the balance of it, and I asked him for grace in that process, and he gave that to me, because it was a new territory for me. But I also had to explain to him, by following my heart, by bringing this mission to the world, it was going to help me become a better wife, a better mom. And to build something for our family that would give us the freedoms that we used to only daydream about. Not like rolling in dough can do whatever we want, but the ability to give back, to support our church, to support our families, to take more time as a family uninterrupted by work, to not have to ask for vacation time, to be able to bring him home from his corporate job at some point, which we were able to do. So Really opening those streams of communication and having a conversation, not just me telling him how it's going to be, but saying, what do you want this to look like? What can I do better in this new process to me that I need a little grace with because it's new, but what can I do better to make it better for you? How can I show up more in our marriage, even though our hours are spread thin? And having talks like, 
my husband's he's a builder and he's incredibly talented and he's into timber framing and building these beautiful it just every everything he touches turns to i should say wood because he always uses wood and it's gorgeous but turns to gold and he loves woodworking workshops things like that so we would have conversations like hey okay i know you have that woodworking workshop coming up it's it's over a course of a couple days how would i take the kids you go to that you take it all in don't worry about us we'll be good and there's this conference that i've been really wanting to go to maybe we can do tradesies And I can experience, you know, my conference, you can experience yours, and we can kind of back each other up in this process. So there's give and take, there's compromise. And there are times where I'll come to him and I'll say, hey, I really want to attend this event. I think it would really help me here, here, and here. And he'll push back and say, okay, is it worth the time away from the kids? Is that really what you need in your business right now? Or is it just something you want? So we kind of have to work through it and just keep talking through it. And I think more important than anything is talking about the vision together, like dreaming together. We create vision boards individually, but we also do it for as a family, as two spouses coming together to create one overarching life, because that's the goal. We want we don't want to live in two parallel universes where we're both individually going for our dreams. Even if he's not, you know, hands on my my business, even though he's not necessarily sitting next to me recording a podcast episode, he understands how important this mission is to me, but he also understands what our goals are as a family in building this business because that's so important. And ladies, and this can apply to the guys too, but mostly the ladies, at least that's what I've found. Men need to see stats. They need to see growth. They need to see the numbers. I remember when I started my business and I wasn't making squat, but I was putting in the hours and the time and the energy and I was passionate and I had the vision, but there was nothing to show for it, or at least that's what it felt. So I had to figure out a way to make it profitable, at least in some capacity, even if it was small. I remember when I made my first 20 bucks and it was something. It was something I could show Michael and say, listen, this isn't much, but it's evidence that it's capable of generating income. And the goal is to get it to grow a lot. So the proof is in the pudding with your spouse. You have to get real with yourself and say, okay, is this a hobby or is this a business? Because I see a lot of women and people who come to me for coaching who, for example, are bloggers and they have an amazing social media following and they're killing it in that space. And they take a ton of time and they're editing their photos and they're having their husbands, you know, take all these different angled pictures. And their husband is not a photographer and they're not interested in doing it when they get home from a long day of work, but they're helping them with that. And then they're writing the caption and that takes them a long time, but it's not generating anything. Like they're just trying to wait till they make it or get discovered or something. And they're not building an actual viable business. Maybe they peddle a few products here and there and make a little money, but it's nothing that's going to change their family's life. So you have to look at it and say, okay, is this a an expensive hobby or a time-consuming hobby, or is this an actual business? Is there a plan behind this? Am I actually building out a product suite that's going to generate an income to support my family? And you have to think about that. Would you support a hobby that took your spouse away from family time all the time, that costs money, and that didn't make your family any money? No, probably not. Like if, you're, if your spouse was continually going hunting on the weekends or whatever it is, whatever his passion was, and he kept calling it a business, but it cost money and he took a ton of time and there was no plan to grow it into something that brought money in, at some point you'd be like, okay, what gives? This isn't a business. This is your hobby. 
So let's call it what it is. So you have to be reasonable about it. Pouring tons of money and hours into a passion for six years with no return likely means you're barking up the wrong business tree. Maybe it's time to try something new or to explore how you can expand that. But your guy probably needs to see some evidence that there's hope for this thing to grow into what you say it's going to grow into. You can't, hope is not a strategy. Remember that. When you're building a business, you have to build a business. And if you didn't catch episode 10 with Vito Lafada, we did it a couple weeks ago. You have to listen to that episode. It's all about how to monetize your business, how to monetize your social media following and grow it into something that will generate an income for you. So powerful. And the final piece, you know, I see it all the time. People reacting, emotionally reacting to the negative comments and the negative messages and the lack of likes on their post or the people that say really hateful things. And I say, oh, well, who is that person? Is it is it your mom? Is it your husband or your best friend? They're like, oh, I have no idea who it is. I don't even know what their name is. It's like, at the end of the day, whose life is it? You have to look at who matters. So when you're getting, haters usually are a representation that you're doing something right because you're stirring the pot, you're moving things along, and you're getting people eyes on you, even the people who don't support what you're doing or starting to watch what you're doing because it's becoming magnetic. But you have to also look at even in the world of parents and siblings and in-laws and cousins and friends, one, what's true judgment and pushback and what's perceived or assumed judgment and pushback? You might assume someone doesn't like what you put out there. You might assume that someone is judging you, but did they say it? So don't get caught up in the perceived world of what is not actually a reality. And truth be told, you might think people think XYZ about you. Chances are they're not thinking about you at all. And remembering that you can do this without full support from those people in your life. Yeah, it's different when it's a spouse. You have to figure that out. Maybe you have to go to therapy. Maybe you have to go to counseling. Maybe you have to keep working on that communication with them and keep talking through it. But when it comes down to your parents or your friends or your following, is this your life or theirs? Are they paying your bills? Are they raising your children, loving your spouse? At some point, you have to start living your life based on what you know to be true, what you believe, what you're passionate about, what you're working towards. You have one shot at this life. You can live your truth. You can build this dream. You can create that business. Or you can live the life that the world is trying to get you to live. That's what most people do. And one results in regret, and the other results in living your purpose and living with passion. So the best way that you can do your part to, quote, get the ones you love to see and commit to your vision is to commit to it so fiercely yourself. If you are one foot in and one foot out, you can't expect them to be all in with you. If you don't fully map out the path to get to those end goals, how can you expect them to be invested in them? If you don't know where you're going, you can't ask them to go with you. But remember, you can only control you. So don't get caught up in what everyone else is saying. You can communicate fully. You can show up. You can be present. You can let the proof be in the pudding. But you can never control anyone but yourself. And you can't hang your emotions on anyone. You can hang your emotions on other people, but it's not going to serve you. So putting your efforts into puppeteering someone else is only going to slow you down in pursuit of your dream. Know what you want, be willing to fight for it, and don't worry about getting anyone else to do anything. 
You do your part and you believe so wholeheartedly and it will fall into place. And in an effort to support each other on what can feel like an incredibly lonely mission sometimes. So lonely. Entrepreneurship can be exhausting and can make you feel like an island in an effort to not be an island. Take a screenshot of this episode, tag me, and then tag those other mom boss entrepreneurial friends that inspire you, that you admire, that have supported you, that you aspire to be like, that have coached you. Tag them and let's create this chain of people supporting people in pursuit of their mission, even when they might not have that support from the ones closest to them. We can create a community around uplifting one another through what could be one of the most passionate pursuits of our lives. So go take that screenshot, tag me, and tag those people that inspire you and that you admire. And I can't wait to continue to support you in pursuit of your dreams. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.